What's the bad? Are you saying that a young hot girl has better marketing potential than 30 year old hairy man? That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> This is pretend shit. I go by Shaolin Pete online, and in here today, it's uh, my friend and colleague, collaborator, senpai, Matthew Boone. A video director, but nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, that was good that was good up until we'll keep it. I think we should, we should flow with that yeah. this is <laughs> this is still it uncut and uh, the rest of the video by the way will be like that the whole podcast is going to be this way what's <laughs> and all yeah what's and all mate well, it makes it feel it makes it feel organic doesn't it natural it's to maximise the natural organic reach of the content me and Booney use language like that in our job, and it feels dirty every time. <laughs> For you, it does. You, you love do. it. I don't, I don't love it, but I feel like when we talk about it, you, you kind of go, oh, that's I horrible. feel you like, it's gross. Oh. Yeah, but inevitably, it's just it's part and parcel of, of what we do in it. I should accept it. I, I'll make peace with it during this podcast. So... Why don't you come inside anyway, and then we'll just chat about the music industry, I would imagine, amongst other things. And you come. My days in freelance, I did some jobs. Yeah. Oh, dude, all the time. I'm just doing, like, one-off. It's not always music videos either. It can be, like, corporate-y sort of things, and even the music videos are so disparate in their nature every single time. Like, what type, what's some of the weird jobs that you had? Freelance. Not weird, but just diverse. Like I think I've I've told you, like when I was when I was working with Video Inc, we we did like a, a number of jobs, but we we got involved with uh, British Muslim TV and did a talk show called Women Like Us, and it was like it was mega mega interesting, like the topics that we that they talked about. But you go from like shooting. With Video Inc, we were shooting like a German metal band in a basement in in Islington one week. And then it might have even been the same week. And then going and doing a TV, a pilot TV show. Yeah. For, for essentially I'm just like, trying to think of any skill that transfers from one of those shoots to the other. Like it's basically. The camera, camera up in like. Yeah, but metal videos the, are like. <laughs> I, know, I know, yeah, but essentially it's organising people making something look good a composition look good yeah. and then filming it it's it's still transferable skills yeah. <laughs> on your cv in it yeah but yeah that's like didn't they do loads of just like german metal isn't that their bread and the, butter the, their genre yeah <laughs> yeah they're definitely like well they won like q awards and stuff is it q yeah they're like a rock band aren't they right I couldn't tell oh, you. I know Scuzz or something like that, like a real, they were, that Scuzz Kerrang kind of demographic was definitely like where they were servicing. Is that the sort of goal of someone in uh, the position of being like a, a smaller production company for videos? Do you want to 
basically be on retainer for a whole branch of you know, like a, a music channel or a label. You just want to get in there and just be the video guy for that entity. I, I for, thought you for, would have thought like loads about this type of thing. No, like, I think, I don't know because I think something like a question like that, if you asked it 10, 20 years ago, mm. I reckon you'd be like, yeah. <clears throat> but I don't know, it's not like an aspiring thing anymore, is it to be like, oh, Mumma music videos on MTV. Like it, it would still be good just for <laughs> the people that remember it like 20 years ago. But you I don't know, think. Weirdly, it's... bro, it's like the music videos that we do now, I always think remind me of like Kerrang videos a little yeah. bit. And it might be because we we have to admittedly <clears throat> watch more modern music videos, don't we? Because. The last but time, you feel like we're we're showing our age. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this style-wise, it's like six years ago. Yeah, maybe. Cause like, tell me some music videos you've seen recently that were really good. Contemporary music videos. I've been looking a lot. Again, this they span. I suppose the 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 bands that I'm going to talk about, like lo, uh, local natives, who've seen their music video stuff. I don't think I have. Okay. That's, that's, that. Should <laughs> that's the end no, of that conversation but again like a, a, a lot of what I'm doing at the moment is like looking looking at the bands on our roster at Scruff of the Neck and then going and looking at okay what do these bands sound like you know what other artists do they sound like and then you go and look at their stuff not to like copy them but it's kind of like that um, I always talk about like the sonic visual connection and like bands that are doing well are obviously making that connection well so mm -hmm. I go and look at other bands so like I've been looking at local natives amongst others, but I think their stuff's really cool. Like it's got a very, very distinctive kind of look and creative direction across like the photography and artwork and everything that they're doing. Yeah. But then again, they've been going for quite a few years, so like you can look at their music video now is is really cool, but it was like eight years ago. Yeah. So, True. but I mean, you'll have been thinking about this topic because you. I, I don't really know the ins and outs of um, that awards thing that was in Barcelona. But what was it called? The Soundy Awards. Soundy Music Video Awards, yeah. And you were over there chatting sort of about the topic of music videos, right? What's the gist of, if you had to break it down for <clears throat> an idiot? <laughs> <laughs> the, well, first of all, like those awards I thought were, were really, really cool because we... Um, there, there are loads of different awards that go on in in the music industry, in the digital creative industries that celebrate like a vast array of different talents and job roles and company types and whatever. Um, even like with, with Scruff of the Neck, we obviously were at the AIM Awards recently and we won that best small label. Yeah. But that was very much like the other categories were very much celebrating artists. And then there was the odd award, like best music video celebrates the director. But then that's the that was the only award that is like is the best video. It's just one award within a broad spectrum of mm -hmm. other music related awards. So the Soundy uh, music video awards is just is just music video. Like so, oh, that's cool. they really like they really pride themselves on that, and I think it's really cool because. It's celebrate, yes. Yeah, it's just celebrating the the work of producers and directors, really. We need to have a night in the Scruff office. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this before, but the creative squad in there need to get together 
Yeah, just watch loads of videos. And just rinse loads and loads of videos. Yeah. Just four hours, we all bring a playlist and we just, your one, then my one, Seb's one, just like bang, yeah. bang, bang all night with some pizza, some tinnies. Yeah, yeah, and just both, right. committed, you know, like we could clockwork orange it and just get the little eye things and then we just, <laughs> and just it goes in, right? Relentless back to back viewing. Yeah, I've, 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 we've been talking about that for like a year. <laughs> we, actually, long, we need to do it. But that's literally <clears throat> sort of what I'm doing to myself all the time. And it takes one video, you see something, you go, oh, fuck, I didn't even think of this type of thing being a video. And it inspires you and you take it and you remix it in your mind and then... I, I like being at the level that we're, you know, sort of a, the lower, it's not this incredible scale of production with like grands and grands and grands. It's like quite a low level thing for mm. up and coming bands because we can, in a matter of a couple of weeks, have seen something, thought of it, it's already germinated, is that? Is that the, yeah, I think so. Gesticulate? Yeah. <laughs> this is just gesticulating. Yeah, germinate. It doesn't germinate. Does it? That's like what plants do. Gestate. Gestation. Right? I'll just cut all that out so I just I sound mega smart. Like gestation, bang, straight away. And uh yeah, within such a small time frame you can have thought of something, make it, flip it over, it goes online, other people are straight away seeing it, yeah. getting inspired by it, making their own videos and the and the sort of whole trend like the, the trends within like the visuals of it all move on really quickly and, yeah. and you're being informed by things from all over the planet so and i don't think that happens at a, a larger scale like a, a feature film for example you start making that and then three years later it comes out yeah, and yeah. you might have missed like you've not struck while the yeah, island's like the, re the relevance yeah of the time or like the era that you release but we, we can really capture like a, a feeling of what's going on in Manchester presently and then next week you can be watching yeah, it. Yeah, 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 I'm with you on that. It is, it is quite good. I think the thing is as well, like, with, you know, if you did have tens of thousands of pounds every single time you did a video, it, it's kind of like you all of a sudden go, oh, we can do this. And it's like, I kind of like a little bit when you've got the smaller, um, you've got the smaller budgets and you've got to really, really think, how do we, how do we do something that isn't just a performance video? Yeah. Like how, how are we going to use this budget just to do like something that looks sick? Do you think you like? would just spaff cash up the wall if you just had loads of money, or could yeah, you equally it, just do the same, use those same creative um, inclinations on a larger scale if you had? Yeah, I guess so. I think like. What, one that I'm really proud of that we it was the first video we worked on together was uh, the cashmere. don't tell me cashmere oh. <laughs> codeine video yeah still a good video yeah. I think but again like it wasn't it wasn't a, a huge budget for, for us that really like we had the the kind of day rates to do the the labour but outside of that we didn't really have a lot of a lot of money I hope you know minds me saying that but but we didn't we didn't have a huge budget did we no so we basically we had the day for to like produce direct shoot edit mm -hmm. and do post and color and stuff so we, we had the we had the days for doing that but then outside of it we literally like had a, a few hundred quid and we created something that looked meant <laughs> like I was, I was still one of my proudest pieces of work yeah like, 
Like, I, do you know what? I sort of treated that as my little audition video for Scruff because <laughs> I'd just got there and obviously you'd seen a couple of little things I put online or whatever. I, I don't know how like acquainted with my work that you, that you were, <laughs> but I thought I've got a. We've all got to smash this now in in order to feel confident going forward that these are the guys on the you know the correct mm. um, members on the team and stuff. So yeah, that I, I feel like that holds up still. Yeah, but again, that that's an, an example as well because you've. I, I think we even. Like, I think you because you you, um, did the treatment for that like, a week before we shot it. And then you weren't actually available to, on the shoot way, so I went and filmed it. Yeah. The next week, and then Bianca, who was working with us at the time, edited it, and then you did the kind of post production effects and colour and stuff on it. Yeah. Like it just went through this this process really quick, but it happened like, do you remember actually? You would you were literally working through the night the night before it got released. I don't remember. I think that, we that literally happens so frequently. <laughs> it does happen a lot. The amount of videos that we've turned around in like a week or two at the most, yeah. and that was one of them. But again, like I think it's you. You describe it as a riggy buzz, don't you? Riggy buzz. Yeah. It's yeah. a riggy buzz when you get when you. Should I define that for people? Are people Maybe not going to know what do, a yeah. riggy buzz is. A riggy buzz is like a really sort of low quality oh, no. I didn't know that did it? now it makes it sound like a... no yeah no All it's, right, well, it's, it's not low quality <laughs> it's sort of like um, you know when you're a kid you, kids do riggy buzzes all the time you know just like holding their breath and then jumping up and they, oh, they get all lightheaded you go, fucking riggy buzz mate like a cheap thrill it's sort of like a cheap thrill you could also I mean playing knock it all run is also a riggy buzz right, yeah yeah but that's a cheap thrill. <laughs> that is definitely a cheap thrill. Well, uh, all right. I think it's an easy chemical sort of when you get that little chemical reward packet from your brain, like ah, that something something good is happening to me. But when it's not when you haven't accomplished anything, that is a riggy buzz. All right. Do you know what I mean? All right. That's so how I, I define you, it. So I've used it out of context. Well, it's a, it's buzzing when when you do projects like that, and it's like oh, the stress. This single is coming out mm -hmm. in two in two weeks or a week, and we've got to have the video ready. Kashmir, I think that one was an exceptional circumstance because it was a, a re-release of a song, so it was it was actually came out very quickly after we signed them, re-released very quickly, and then it was like right, we've got to do a video, and then it's like oh let's write a treatment, oh I can't be on the shoot, oh let's go, and and then we end up with a like really a piece of work that we're still really proud of, like a year and a bit later. Mm -hmm. So that's buzzing. It's a riggy buzz and a half. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's sort of a, a big thing that I've enjoyed. Like, I, I definitely, um, well, I've been doing freelance for years and then started to collaborate with Scruff of the Neck for, what, it's like a year and a half or something? Nearly a year and a half, yeah. Um, and it, it uh, you were talking about the budgets not being that great, but and at one point you go like, oh, we just had a few hundred quid left, to, you know, to do... A few hundred quid is more than I would have gotten in it, its entirety for some videos that I had been doing beforehand. You know, like a band might give me 50 quid and then we had to like shoot for three days and have you know, like had to Photoshop them in a helicopter or something. But again, I think that's... You must have had your fair share of those when oh, you were yeah, freelance. Oh like, yeah, bloody hell, when I was freelance, it's like, especially when I first went freelance, it's like, oh, I've got a week free. It's like, and it, the same logic still applies as you get 
further into your career. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's not my rate, but I'm going to take it because I've not got anything else that's... On. Yeah, and it, or it might genuinely interest you or you want to be associated with the yeah, band. Yeah, exactly, or, like passion projects as well. Yeah. It's like you get involved in stuff. Like, the, God, like the world of freelance, the amount of people that were doing that. Yeah, just Have you had they, bands sort of try and leverage that against you? Like, we're going places, mate, so you need to jump on and do this. It's the same thing. That there's, there's a cycle of this, and especially, I think it is in the creative industries, like any any creative industry it's the same way like the the live events team at scruff the neck talk about like um artists who are asked to like play for free at certain things mm. like oh we can't do it we can't pay you a fee but it's going to be great exposure and i've i've played in band for years as well so like i, I know those when those opportunities come up yeah and it's the same thing like when you're a video creator it's like oh yeah you come and do this but it's, we can't really pay you but it's going to be great exposure like, that's Dude, just this whole meme accounts that I've only just discovered like recently I, th I think um, there's a, some photographer um, showed it <laughs> I've me seen, I've seen some of them yeah it's, it's all like people you know just like taking the piss out of the types of things you hear as a designer or as a video guy or uh, you know freelance makeup artist or whatever and people talk like they all feature the word exposure like yeah, yeah. vast swathes of them are about people trying to pay you in exposure or yeah, yeah it's ridiculous there was man. one that, that i think the only one i've really seen that, that that i remember is like me cooking a meal with all of the free exposure that i got and it's just someone like cooking up nothing in a yeah, friend yeah. <laughs> but yeah my, my point was going to be when i moved uh sort of well I did start working in the office didn't I and, and I was like there every week and I felt like the scale of project that I could work on went way up and and there was a lot more even not necessarily to do with budget exclusively but just the resources that were available and the people that it had always just been me trying to handle everything on my own and just sort of winging it and fudging my way through it and then all of a sudden I had other people that understood how, like I don't know shit about lighting do you know what I mean or um, setting things up to record sound like yeah. I, I'm sure uh, anyone listening to this on Spotify or whatever can hear it's not mint sound do you know what I mean and the lighting if anyone's watching it is just this incredibly bright white little lamp that's just like it. this is actually a lighting trick though this the diffusion thing. Yeah, yeah 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 that's a good special little <laughs> trick that isn't it but this is ridiculous man look at the state of I that I love the uh, on the one I've seen actually the little little halo little, sort yeah, of yeah, effect. Yeah. That's Good. real. That's I know, man. Yeah, yeah, put that in. Organic. Yeah. Um, Dumb. But um, yeah, I think I think that's I, again the the thing that I've really been enjoying about um, coming. I've been back at Scruff the Neck for nearly two years now. Um, obviously, Scruff the Neck celebrated ten Had years. You, what have you been doing up until that point? So Scruff basically Scruff the Neck's ten years old now it started in 2009 as a pub gig mark started it um and then the year after he'd asked me to get involved because i was playing on the scene at the time so i was playing in a band and we were doing all right locally um so i started trying to get involved in getting getting other bands involved and naturally just became integrated in it so I worked on it for five years with Mark and then I left in 2015. With a view to ultimately coming back to it? Well, I, the reason I left at the time was because um, we, we were, we'd gotten to the point, taken us five years to get to the point where we paid ourselves one day a week um, and reduced our hours at, at work and we carried on like that for 
a year and a bit, and it's like, you know, well, you, you know myself and you know Mark and passionate about what we do in music and developing artists, and, and it got to this point where it's like, how do we break through that next glass ceiling? Um, and we started running more gigs. The creative stuff wasn't making money because it's it's hard to make money in creative. Yeah. Um, so I I basically decided I was going to go travelling. Um, I'd just finished my degree, so I went and did six months in South America. And at that point, Mark went full-time. Um, so no, it wasn't like... So it was never kind of like, a, I'm, I'm definitely going to come back to this. Like Mark or I didn't really know what was going to how far it would go. You would have at least continued to do video in some capacity though. Oh yeah, so like the video thing, it was whilst I was away, I was like, yeah, I definitely want to do video. Like that's what I'm, that's what I'm gonna do. Did you, did you do like the whole travel video thing while you were away or not bothered? <laughs> well, I was really scared about taking my camera away for six months and yeah. staying in hostels and yeah. thinking I'm gonna get robbed, I'm gonna be gutted and then I'm not gonna have a camera to make videos when I get back. True. So what I did was I took, I just took a GoPro which obviously everyone does whilst they're traveling, but I was trying to like still frame it in a much more arty way and, and thinking about kind of bringing it in so it wasn't always that fisheye kind of look. And um, like a big part of my filmmaking style outside of music video was like, I'd, because I played in a band and I was a singer and I wrote lyrics, I did like poetry and, and then cut videos to it. Especially for stuff like travel video, I found like that was a way of, Forming a bit of a narrative for stuff. Do oh, so I mean? it would be the the so you said, lyrics in a poem. The so, poem lyrics. So yeah, like, <laughs> the, would the words be sort of thematically linked? Yeah, to, yeah, exactly. Okay. So you kind of like a, write a reflective piece, and then with the visuals in mind, and then kind of use that to glue everything together. Cool. So I'd spent I was four and a half months into a six month trip. Um. And I've been thinking about this and jotting lines down in in a notebook as I was going along, and couldn't wait to get home and edit this video. And then I went on, uh, did a surf lesson somewhere in Peru, or something. Four and a half months in. Oh no! And the fucking thing snapped. Oh. And uh, and I'd lost so my GoPro still oh. floating around in Peru somewhere probably. Did you have a fair? Look <laughs> I didn't for have it. any backup. Like a smart guy would have taken more than one memory card, but I was just in such a rush going away that I just didn't, no. and I just lost four and a half. What's that footage. moment that you realise it's gone? I think it was when the the, uh, the the surfing instructor was like diving into shallow waves like scrambling. I was like, yeah, it's not, it's not, oh, it's lost. It was I'm really sorry, <laughs> That was probably... We the, should the launch an expedition to get over there and retrieve re it. recover the lost I know, but you know what happened? I'd probably find it and then it'd be like, oh, this is shit. <laughs> this oh, is, like, this is you, not usable. Like when you play old N64 games. Yeah. Like, this is fucking rubbish. <laughs> I've been back for four years now, so like... Yeah. Oh, dude, I had a similar thing. Um, me and Tanya were away in Oragapia, Andalusia, and she's um, at, at, we're like in this little, do you know, the Gili Islands, like tiny little remote islands where there's fuck all, like you, there's no cars on the islands, and no, where, where like, they, they're just near to like Bali, in between Bali, oh, right. and like if you like carry on past Bali. Just keep going for like ten minutes, and it's there on your left. <laughs> um, so we're we're there, and 
I mean, the, I'm, I'm sure I'll tell the story of like that whole trip at some point. It was a, fucking a lot happened, but yeah, we're we're in this in these like little huts, you know, with like giant spiders in the huts with us that you can hear running around. Like, it, it's 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 pretty remote. I mean, people have been out there. Tourism like definitely has been getting more and more over the past few years, and I think it's died off recently. But like pe- people know where we're on about. Um, but we're on these islands. And uh, we're about to go, like, oh, should we go and like do the, like looking for turtles or whatever, you know, like, you can go on a little day thing to go and swim with turtles or something. And Tanya's got her phone in the sink and she's got it in like a plastic bag and she's like wrapping tape around the bag. And I was like, what are you, what are you doing? And she was like, oh, I'm just, you know, trying to get it watertight so I can take it in the sea. And I was just like, that is a mistake. She's like, I know what I'm doing, Pete, you never trust me to do anything. And I was like, I think, Bag it up so it can be in your bag on a boat or, you know, make sure it definitely doesn't get wet, but don't tempt fate and plunge it under the... She was just like, look, it's right. And she's like dipping it under the tap and there's water in the bag. And she's like, well, yeah, I've not done it 100% yet. Like, just let me get there. And I was like, I just want to go on record, like, so that when you tell this story in future, I don't sound as if I was complicit and I believed in the structural integrity of this bag seal that you've got going on. She was like, oh, pish posh. And then we go out in the sea. It, within five minutes, she's just like filming under the water, coral reefs and shit like that. She goes, oh, it's, uh, I don't know if something's wrong with it. And I was like, oh. And she'd been filming the whole time we oh. went on as well. We were doing the travel thing. And uh, every time we go away somewhere or I've been away somewhere, I think like this is, everything looks cool. It's really easy to get a good video. And this is sort of my job. So I thought. Do you know what I mean? I have to be shooting stuff and put a video together because it'd be a waste of the opportunity to, you know, look as if anyone can shoot a video in like Croatia and then you look like you're a wicked videographer because Croatia looks wicked. Do you know what I mean? Um, So I'd been filming while we were there, but then Tanya's filming as well. And she's got a great eye for just photography and stuff. Like if you go on her Instagram, like she's got a real... I don't know where it comes from because she didn't ever grow up with it or anything or has never really pursued it. But when when she takes photographs, they're sick. And we were we would be like vid- videoing stuff or photographing things and she would come up and she'd be taking sort of the same subject and just just taking it a little bit of a different angle. And I'd be like, oh, that's pretty good. I mean, <laughs> can't copy that. Yeah, it was all better than my shit. So there, was, there came a point a couple of weeks in where I was like, I'm going to stop actually because... I'm just wasting time here. Tanya's getting all incredible stuff. And I was like, can I use some of the, I'll, I'll credit you in the video and shit. I was like, co-director or something. And she was just like, yeah, sweet. And she was just buzzing that someone was, you know, uh, acknowledging that she's got chops at photo and all that. So I just packed in recording. So had, I hadn't been recording. <laughs> and then Tanya's phone died. Uh... And, uh, I, but then I went, you need to dry it out. You know, you would put it in rice or whatever. There's no rice on, on this thing that we've got access to. So she's like, what do I do? I need to dry it out. I was like, just leave it on the beach there, just as we're chilling here. On the, we'll just read a book and then and then it'll be dry. We, we read afterwards, the number one thing that you don't want to do is leave it on the beach because it just fries the phone. All the glue that holds the circuits together and stuff just melts no. and the whole thing just... So if it wasn't dead from the water, we absolutely cremated it in the sun. <laughs> And that and that was that, oh. and it had our plane tickets on and shit as well. Oh, yeah, mate. crushed. There's nothing worse than that feeling of like, it, 
the first thing that you think is like, should have packed that up. <laughs> is it, when, when it was gone, did you just sort of make peace straight away? Or were you no, like, no, I had go to, swimming for it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was a good hour of hysteria. An hour? Yeah, man. Just splashing around in the water. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I was like, well, the thing is, there were, um, that, the other thing was there were fishermen that were all like shallow so fishing. You're going to commission and, them all. No, the, 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 um, the surfing instructor did. He just went and talked to all of them. So we waited until they brought the nets in to see if like. And you looked were, in all the nets. So we looked in all these nets and oh. we were just like, just like going along. Oh, mate, yeah. But it's wounded. No, I had a sulk for a good like two days. Like, I, was, I was pretty heartbroken. I can imagine. Because. Even if it wasn't, you would have posted that online, presumably. But even if you had no intention of doing that, just to remember the holiday, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I think the, sometimes you don't take a second to drink it in and really commit things to memory because you're like, I'll just consult the tape. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I'll just watch that. That'll be better than my memory. Yeah, that's it. I think that's another thing about taking your like, camera. I think the, the reason GoPros are so good and widely used for travel is because they're just so easy to not think about yeah and it still allows you that like i, f I feel like because it's more of a shoot and go thing it's like oh go in whereas like if you're there with your sony's and that you're, you're like oh dude gonna phones are incredible white, now white balancing and like oh what which picture profile am i going to use for the entirety of this trip and like you, it's such a more of a thought out process and yeah like phones are incredible I remember like being on a shoot and the person that was with me doing just some BTS photos just on a phone and we both took a photo of the same thing and you're looking at your like S-log image and it just looks like crap because obviously you've got to do loads to it but then just looking at the phone and thinking it's probably just going to end up looking like that. Yeah, <laughs> like, and especially like I've been finding more and more so with sort of offering what, what they call what do we call it content package or where it's it's like bts and like a promo shoot of stills photography and like the full just all the bells and whistles like on a day where you've got a cool like location and everyone's kitted out in the best gear or whatever you just offer you're going to get five videos out of this and then you're going to get some stills and then we're going to record an acoustic cover of this thing or whatever when people are just popping off phone shots, they do well online. Like, where else are you going to post it if not on Facebook and Instagram and shit? And if the best r responded to type of content on those sites is phone footage and phone, like, stills, then why not just be taking yeah. them? It feels odd to offer that, though, doesn't it? No, it's mad. I think, like, it's really interesting because, obviously, like, few good well a good few years back now there was obviously like the dslr revolution where all of a sudden there were all of these affordable cameras that could film in hd and people could make they could make music videos or they could make video that's how i started off I started off on the canon 550d and like the the shooting capabilities were very very low like in terms of what settings you could use and stuff but you could still shoot hd and, and piece together a video so in the early days of scruffle the neck like that's how i got into doing video because we needed someone to do it and i was like i'll do it and um how, why did you have the camera 
we bought it so that we could film, so that we could make music videos. Oh, okay. Um, so, had you yeah. grown up doing video and stuff? Why was it you that volunteered to do it? So, <laughs> basically, when when Scruffling Records started in 2010, there was a, a guy called Chris War who plays in a band called False Advertising now, which is why he kind of stopped working with Scruff. Um, but he is a is a sound engineer and producer by by trade, and so he would basically record the bands in his bedroom for, for for free. That was our part of the deal for Scruffernet Records. Is like, yeah, we'll we'll make you a recording. And then we had a mate. Um, the first ever video was by a guy called Chris Wrench, who we've been working with today, and we we work with still regularly. Yeah, Wrenchy boy. Who's an ace DP and. Um, so he made the first ever Scruff music video, but then he went doing his own thing. So then we had another guy called Mike Gregory, who we bought this camera so that he could do videos. But Is that he, the Mike Gregory from the Mike transition? Whenever we say like, oh, should oh, we do a no, Mike transition? Oh, no, 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 that was, that was years and years later. Okay. No. Um, but he didn't have time to do it because he was so busy. And then at the, at the time, bearing in mind this is like very early days of Scruff, I was actually, I was at university still. As a mature mature student, I only st- I only started at twenty two, but I'm still a mature student. Um, you are very mature, <laughs> but I went and uh, everybody had to do everyone that was on the. Um, I was so sorry. I was at university and I did the European Exchange Erasmus, and I went and lived in Porto for six months. And everyone who was on Erasmus from other countries or other universities in the UK, they had to do one major and one minor unit. But for some reason, our credits were translated so badly, mine and my friend, we were at Salford Uni, that we had to do two majors and two minors. So we were literally like Monday to Friday, 8am till 7pm, were officially meant to be in, in classes. Right. Like we just we were absolutely stacked. So I'd taken up like two majors and one minor. And then I was like, I don't know what to do for my final, speaking to the Erasmus officer, I was like, I don't know what to do for the final unit. And... She was like, oh, take video practices because it's taught by an American, so it's in English and it'll be really easy. And I was like, all right, sold, like, I'll do that. But then I was like two classes in and I was messaging the guys from Scruff back home and was like, oh, I'm doing video video practices, so when I get back, I'll just make the music videos. Did, Did that at all contribute to the decision to do that, to do the video practice as... As one of yeah, you. yeah, definitely. Yeah. You thought, wait, it's can, funny can how use stuff this? works out there because I was doing a fine, a visual arts degree, but it's fine. Yeah, art. so it's related though. Still yeah. visual, it's still creative. Yeah. But if you consider like the other units I was doing in in Porto were uh, oil painting. Um, well, can you paint? I'd, I couldn't very well, and that's why I took it to learn. Right. So I came away after six months, like being okay at oil painting. And then I did uh, multimedia, which was like, I did a lot of like sculpture kind of stuff, like cardboard sculpture. I've always thought video editing is, a, I haven't done any of the fine arts that I don't really know. I barely know how to do video editing, but I feel as if it's most like sculpting in that, isn't there two forms of sculpting? Like you can either take away from things or build it up. Yeah, yeah. So you either you start chip, with like a, blo- a block and yeah, like What's chisel. Like subtractive like, or something. What's that called? I don't know. Well, I say sculpture. There, were, uh, there was a sculpture unit which I didn't do, 
mixed media is like, let's make something. It could, to be fair, that could be video. It could be paint. It could be, but I making things. But I made stuff like. I got taken the piss out of at uni because I just worked with card and glue gun and like just built stuff and it usually involved like triangle forms. So I'd build sculptures from like triangle triangular pieces of cardboard which are glue gun together. Why was that? Um, it it was all just about. You don't have to go into it. I can't go into it. I can't like, go into it. I, was it it had to be card though? Why wasn't it? No, it didn't have to be card. Okay, because. Like really, like when you're making a maquette of something, okay, it's you. Like card is usually your first draft. I love making shit out of card, yeah. man. But the thing is, is that I never really got past first draft. I just continued. And did that become the, well, it, the point of it? Uh, probably. Like, well, it's an art course, so when I'm trying to get a good mark for it, then yeah, probably. Wait, because you have to justify on an it. art course. Don't you just have to be sort of good at arguing? At <laughs> I was just about to say. Well, the thing is, like, what was really interesting about Salford was, like, it was a very concept-based course. So it's like, if you, if you, it was a course about being able to justify yourself very well. If you had a meaning to it, then, and you could, you could justify why I'm building everything in card and not moving on to metalwork, which would have taken days and days, then fine um whereas like going to porto was like very skills based which is why i like decided to do oil painting and stuff like that because yeah. it's like much more technical skill but yeah in answer to your question yeah it's just arguing it's just uh, it's so it's so subjective it's so opinion based what would say if you had had done music videos instead of building things out of cardboard triangles <laughs> what's the <laughs> Is there fi- is there fine art present in what we do now? Yeah, hundred percent. But again, yeah. But again, I would say conceptually, yes, because when we write a, a video treatment, you know that it's got to be a certain kind of language. It's almost like it's it's concise and paints a picture. Yeah. But there there is a certain amount of like flowery word in which I think yeah. comes from being able to articulate. Uh, Oh, so you learned how vision. to win a pitch while you were in Porto. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah. Oh, I get you. No, no, in Salford. Oh, in Salford. <laughs> yeah. No, would you not agree, like... Um, I don't know, because I, I always used to do it differently in freelance than um, we do at Scruff, where I think at its best it can feel like a lot of artists collaborate in, mm. in sort of an art project, but at its worst can sometimes feel a little bit like a... Um, you know, like a video factory that is churning out a product or something, and that that was that can also be true in freelance. But um, yeah, but I, I would never do treatments really in freelance. I, th- I think the thing is, is that Tr- treatments I, for anyone listening that doesn't know what one is yeah. is like you put together a little document that is basically your write up of yeah. what the video is it's going to be like it's a, it's a pitch isn't it it's like a presentation like a script of for like, the video yeah it's like a pitch and a, and a presentation of like this is what the idea is and here are some pictures of how we think it'll look and a bit of an explanation isn't it it's just yeah like, I used to go mega avant-garde with my treatments if I was to do one at all and it'd just be a series of like unusual images that don't seem to have any oh sort of link. That's a very good way of describing that. No, I, th- I think, I think ultimately, right? You, you, especially with music video, because the difference again, like if you're writing a treatment for 
a corporate client or a commercial or something like that, you're you're essentially pitching some marketing people or um, people that own brands and are kind of passionate about it but need that artistic input. Whereas the thing the thing is with working with bands and musicians is that you were working with artists already. Yeah. And a lot of the time, that they're obviously very creative people musically and might be like, again, like to take Kashmir that we've mentioned already, like they have such a strong style and Joey, the lead singer, is a graphic designer. That yeah. they, they already have their own, their own kind of creative direction. Yeah, you should get credit like in some part definitely for how that video turned out. Well, like the, the, again, the Kashmir as an example, like when we did the Gravity video, that was Joey's idea. Like we just yeah. we just developed and delivered just realized it. Realized really. his vision. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, I th I, no, I, th I think the thing is, is like, it's not it's not so much about learning wording to be able to win a pitch. It's it's more like, if somebody comes to, to you and says, "I like this image or this video," I think a lot of time people don't really understand the reason that they do like like it. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, you helping to for them to articulate why it is yeah, they I th like I th it. Yeah, I think the th the theory of art, like the conceptual side of art and fine art, helped helped me be able to because again, like we learned how to read art and and did art history and like learn to like look at an image and go, oh, this this is in the image because of and the significance of this object in an image is this yeah. and the year in which this was created was around the time that british politics were oh, doing this shit. like really like really dissect something and i think that if you are sat with a, a band and the the guitarist says i love this video and they show you something that is so far removed from what you would do but you kind of start to have a conversation. I think you, you as, as a video director, I think your job is to kind of go, why do they like this and, and draw out like, yeah. actually, you don't really like the video, you like the lighting. Yeah, <laughs> or, I'll, I'll, yeah, I like how you put it. I've never really thought of it, put it that way before, but I think I'm maybe subconsciously doing that sometimes when I hang out with a band and we come up with an idea. A lot of my process involves meeting up with the band a few times and hearing all about their favourite bands, existing music videos, films, uh, you know, just TV shows, even yeah. whatever, just like favourite scenes from Ozark or something. And then you begin to colour your idea of, your understanding of what it is that yeah. they do like. So, yeah, I think I'm sort of doing the same thing. Yeah, and I think that then the, the importance of the treatment becomes the fact that Actually, a lot of the time what you're doing is you're taking a couple of snapshots, a couple of stills from videos that they've shown you that they like. So you already know they like it, but what you do is you put them on a page and you go, we are going to take this from this video. It's almost like it's dissecting the, the elements that people like and then giving your input and saying how you're going to round it into something that is, well, that is rounded, that is a more well-rounded concept. And, and deliver that, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, something I was going to ask you about um, to do with music videos. Are music videos essential as like uh, uh, as much as they used to be? Um, music's obviously the number one thing that you have to put out, although I guess that's arguable. If you market the band incredibly, like I don't really even know 
any more than one song from uh, what's that Scottish dude called, Lewis Capaldi. Mm-hmm. I know one song from him, and he's <coughs> all over the internet. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. He's just been marketed perfectly. Has he got more than one song on? No, I think so. But I actually now you say it, I, that's the only. Is it that Nightfall one? one? Mm-hmm. The, they I, bleed. But, yeah. That's the only yeah, one yeah, I can think of. I know. Yeah, yeah. And he's but, but again, so though, that's famous. Not, but that's not his music video. That's his going on Instagram stories and being a funny Scottish yeah, guy. So like his personality is what. So that made sort of bolsters the argument that it's not necessary to have music it, or a music it's, video. It's. Yes and no, because the thing is, is like the the way that modern, again, like like I was saying before, like, oh, would you be really proud if your video was on MTV? Yes, for like nostalgic purposes, but how many people actually see it whilst it's on the TV is a complete other question. And it's probably not as many as see it when it goes online now. Like the the importance of music video for in, in what we're doing um, and and the bands that we're working with, particularly Scruffle and Neck, is the way that we are marketing the bands is by putting music video and other video content into people's phones. Like people are com- completely glued to the phones. Um, so actually, we argue that uh, again in answer to your question that that the vi- visual is almost more important. Than, than the music yeah. in the first instance yeah. because then you have to back it up with the tune but. yeah yeah absolutely and obviously the most important thing for an artist is is that music I'm not I'm not denying that but in, in terms of audio versus visual if you're scrolling through social any social media the first thing you're targeted with because a lot of the time you're on mute as well yeah then the first thing you, you do see is the visual so you, the only way that someone is going to click on that or unmute it and actually pay it given yeah. the time of day is from the visual so Do you know a little trick that I've been doing on music videos for the sort of last year or so since I saw it in movie trailers uh, movie trailers have started having what they call I think a bumper at the beginning of the trailer which is like a little three second trailer for the trailer you're about to see have you seen this before Jumanji trailer yeah. and then it plays the Jumanji <laughs> yeah. trailer so I've been like oh yeah shit you've got three seconds to grab them so I've been going at the start of videos to really try and hook people then the music video begins well, it's, again, a shame it's, it's, it's a that. three second rule but we did it that first video again we did it with the cashmere video yeah, we, we did exactly that thing yeah but it worked and yeah I like to try and do it in a way that doesn't feel really forced like, yeah forced yeah. Like, I don't want to just shoehorn yeah. it in when it's not natural for the video but if we can find a way for that to happen and it's it's been a shame. Like I, d- I did, a, I do videos for a band called Lottery Winners, and I always try and make them really cinematic. I, I never like to um, change it too much to suit the the trends of the time. You know where it would be like ba 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 ba. So I'll often start their videos, and it's just and it's it takes a while That's to fair. kick in. And we, and we've been worried about it. I've spoken to the singer about it before. That we're like. Should should we sort of spoil the video so that it does better on social media yeah. and, at the beginning? And he's and I, I'm glad I'm I'm grateful for the freedom they give me with it and that they're on the same page as me. They're like, I'd rather it was just a good, it, like the perfect version yeah. of what it should be. It's hard, isn't it? Like again, that's 
But again, that, that that's the nature of exactly what we're just talking about. Like, the, there is there is a, a certain thing. That, I think the the reason that I came back to Scruffleneck and I was really excited about it is because we're not we're not just a, a video production team or company. Yeah, we're we're a video production team or company arm of a music company of a record label or of an artist development company. A 360 degree music company. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the, 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 the reason that that's exciting is because we're, we're so involved in the day-to-day of what's working in terms of the marketing and A&R and, and everything else. Um, that it, it gives us a relevance and it gives us an insight into how we can make music video more successful in, in those terms. Big but, time. But at the same time, it um, yeah, there, there is always going to be that thing. I don't know. It's it's hard as an artist. If you are uh, as a as an artist as a music artist, if you are spending an amount of money on a music video, and you give it to a, an external video production company, and that director goes, "Oh, this is my vision. This is what I get from it, and this is what I want to deliver." It's that person's piece of art. Whereas like be the the thing that I like about being in Scruff of the Neck is like it's still very much that in that when you or I write a treatment it is that but there is a little bit more of a, a bounce around where it's like the marketing team will say no that's not going to work or no it, it needs to come in quicker or that has been invaluable or, for me at Scruff like I've basically had a year long workshop in <laughs> in marketing just <laughs> just overhearing yeah. the marketing table just mm, and just with just my little notepad it, yeah it makes you approach it in a, in a different way but um yeah it's fine it's it's still maintaining that balance though because bands want to be creative they want they don't want to do a formula and yeah. and us as video directors or creators don't want to always use that formula or be within these confines we want an artistic license so it's finding that balance and like yeah as you said with a lot of winners like and i think you find that yeah, uh, yeah, it's oh, it's sort of difficult, isn't it? I suppose bands face the same thing when they're doing music. Do we want to write a tune that we love now, or do we want to make a, a single with some commercial value? Or I suppose it's a they they must understand when they go f- to get a video from anyone, any scale of production company that there's going to be this. Um, negotiation of um, marketability versus do, wait are the two mutually exclusive do you think like marketability versus um, I don't know artistic integrity um, you can definitely have a cool thing that you enjoy that you feel is yeah, sincere I, and earnest and it can be really I think it comes it comes down to demographic again though because you've got I suppose the other thread to it is that Again, we're talking about putting music in people's phones, but that that definitely applies to Generation Z, like all of the youngsters that are constantly glued to the phone. But in another realm, it still applies to my mum and dad who are in the late 50s mm-hmm. and have iPhones and go on Facebook. That And and it's not just about the age demographic, it's about the 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 type of people that like certain genres of music. You know, there's certain people who would um, 
you know, are kind of more the muso and want something that's more arty. They want like something that's a bit of an abstract or, or uh, abstract narrative and not just be watching a performance, whereas like other demographics, particularly with pop, like I've, just, I've recently made a pop music video where it is just the artist. All the way through it. Oh, you, oh, you worked on it with me on Lucy's video. Yeah. And the pop genres, it is very artist centric. So it's just it's just the artist all the way through, and that doesn't translate to people who like. Oh, I've got a good question for you. If you were to just as a cynical cash grab start a band now yourself, mm. and you had to, you were just like, don't care if anyone thinks it's cool. Don't care if the critics pan it. Don't care about anything except maximizing the sales i want to i want to just make bank on this what's your approach what genre is it going to be like what demographic are you going to target (laughs) no idea no the other crippling thing is i'm dying for a week so maybe i can think about that right Good piss. It was a lovely piss, thanks. Yeah? It was the two beers before the podcast that did me in. <laughs> did you find time to have a think about the answer to the question? No, I didn't, actually. Sorry. So This is an outrage. So what, what genre would it be, and what would the other questions? If you were doing sort of a cynical cash grab of a mm. music career, but it's yourself, you can't just be like, well, I'd get a young, hot girl. Do you know what I mean? It's It's you. <laughs> What's the band? Are you saying that a young hot girl has better marketing potential than 30-year-old hairy man? That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know. Although you would be entering into a very uh, competitive pool there. Maybe you'd be like, well, I'm not going su- to succeed if I'm one of so many. I'm going to be... Yes. Maybe yeah. you would choose yourself even if you had... F- well, we'll put it this way. I, I did have a think while you were in the right. toilet. I thought, I'm going to go like Justin Bieber style, but it's it's just written by a team, you know, like focus grouped in a, in a room, you know, mm. as I imagine probably half of the pop songs are. Definitely K-pop songs are probably written that way. Um, and then the video, the character of the the artist is a cyborg, you know, like a really obviously fake, like <laughs> r- robotic teenage adolescent what, boy. What, just like... So it's not actually your image? No, no. It's like uh, this pretend... It's not... A, you wouldn't have a real robot, but in the videos, it's like this robot. The songs can sort of be about... So is it like gorillas, but... Yeah, a little bit like gorillas. Right. And it does also mean that you can just print off loads of these robots, send them all over the planet. You can have this guy gigging all over the planet oh, on the same like night. constant tour, yeah. Like, yeah. You yeah. can just like you can just play a gig every single night in every city in the world, right? Yeah. What's wrong? Why? What's up with so. that? I don't know. Like, this, well, but check it out. The songs <laughs> are about not... <laughs> how he fundamentally will never be able to understand human love. <laughs> I reckon just he could be like, "Yeah, baby, show me that ass." And then he's like, "Although I can't ever like." And it, it just <laughs> it so... <laughs> sounds like it sounds a bit like a, an adaptation of Flight of the Concords. Yeah. Like, well, I'd like to. But I'd definitely get them involved because I think they could bring it. Although is that what um, we're moving topic here? But is is that essentially what Coldplay are doing? They're they're not touring the next album, are they? Aren't they? They're doing one gig because the because of um, oh, and like carbon, holograph beaming it all over the planet because of carbon emissions. I don't think the hologramming it even. I think they're, that's they're, what they need to do. They're essentially like putting it in IMAX. I think is the plan um, live. 
So essentially, people buy tickets for the cinema to watch. Wait, live just here. oh yeah, guys. Oh, a carbon footprint. Are they just lazy as fuck? We can't, I don't know. We can't laugh. I don't want to cut ties like, with Coldplay in case they want to do a video. No, no. It's more like no. It's a, it's a serious topic in it, and like I, I I get it. Like I don't know how many dates Coldplay did on the last tour, but I imagine it was a lot. Sure. A worldwide tour for a band that big. Yeah. I don't. So it's about. I don't everyone. know any of the facts and figures on. No. On like, traveling. But at the same time, it's like, what? I don't know. I think it's. I think it's kind of cool. They could still travel the UK. They could still do a UK tour. Yeah. Just walk. <laughs> Dude, the hologram <laughs> thing would be incredible. Imagine that. that. Yeah, yeah. Didn't they talk about that for like the Tokyo Olympics or something? I, I'm sure I read something years ago about they wanted to film live Olympics and beam it to stadiums around the world so you could sit in your stadium and watch like a hologram, a hologram dude. version of it. Yeah, and they were no. going to record people, you know, like have mics in the track so you could hear them running past and all that shit. Really? That sounds incredible, right? That sounds, that sounds like where we should be. I'd rather see <laughs> that. Than, across. <laughs> yeah, dude, imagine going watching football or like you could... But like boxing matches and UFC and shit. Does it not give you this like feeling of anxiety? Maybe it's what Terminator drilled into kids that like grew up in the nineties. But like, <laughs> but does it not like make you a bit like oh like it's going too like far it. if that happens? Yeah, yeah. I'm always scared when everyone people are like oh yeah you can do this now. I'm just like oh no. <laughs> Let's go back to when it was shit. Like Snapchat scares me. I don't use Snapchat. Do you, do you no, use exactly. This is what I mean. I turned thirty this year. You're you're twenty nine. Yeah, twenty eight. But for a couple of weeks. Yeah. But but yeah, like I don't know. You don't realize things are evolving that quickly. That there are so many things that you get left behind on, like social media. I'm not. Oh, like, so is it the is it just reminding you that, that these more, types of that things are going to continue to happen and you won't understand? No, them. just like. No, I think with stuff like that, I think the way that um, bands tour potentially being... Dude, are we going to age out of being able to make relevant music videos? Uh, probably. Oh, so actually, we didn't, we didn't actually conclude this topic before, but I was mentioning about the DSLR revolution. We yeah. moved on to talk about how I used the DSLR. Very well remembered. But what I was going to go on to say is that now people have started, like big artists have started shooting on the iPhone. Yeah, like iPhone. Yeah, they do vertical videos on yeah, yeah. YouTube and stuff. Like, yeah, the the shoot I was on today, um, I was actually helping a friend on a fashion shoot, but we, everything was shot in square or portrait. There was no sixteen nine video at all, and the. Um, so I've made a mistake here, haven't I, in the video of this podcast? What well, I should have done the new new aspect ratio. Shit, you can always stack them. But I've already built it now. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think um, the DSLR revolution opened up opened up the market in the way that music video is made, and I think that the iPhone or smartphone revolution might well potentially could be the next thing. What is the iPhone revolution? That's where well, that's everyone's got not, one. Not, and not iPhone, but it's smartphone. Well, yeah, like the quality of the cameras now. A few people I know have got the latest iPhone and you can record 4K on some of these things, yeah, can't you? Yeah, it's unreal. Like, it's ridiculous. Well you, well, you were saying before that when you went um, 
traveling you were like oh i'll just take a gopro and i was thinking why not obviously phones weren't as good back yeah then. like four years ago but come on now, so now you can take well, yeah, a you, perfectly you serviceable video yeah man a little phone gimbal you'd be rocking i think was it there was some quote that i can't even remember like no one can remember anything anymore because <laughs> you just i'll just wikipedia <laughs> it i think it was the guy that took you know the f famous che guevara picture yeah you know, that goes on the t-shirts the guy that took that i think took that photograph on like a little disposable shitty camera and right. he said like you don't need a good camera to take a good photograph you can use a one dollar disposable shitty camera as long as you're taking a picture of something that people want to see then it's a good photograph and i, I always think of that because i think and i've sort of adopted that ethos a little bit into my videos because i I will use not the greatest camera or sometimes I've used phone footage in music yeah. videos for bands because I think, well, really it's because I just don't have the budgets to get good equipment and uh, and it sort of is a placeholder for having my own style. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'll just make it look really shit and lo-fi. and then, the game away. <laughs> I'm gonna, it's like a, what's that show that People you thought you like, were edgy, not like no, just no. working with the best of what no, you've no. got. No, no, there's no edge. Um, yeah, that's, I've got like the shitty green screen that we're on I now. love the green screen thing. We'll have little like pixelated shit around the edges of us. But I'm just, yeah, it's cool, bro. It's like, a, it's like a meme. I honestly think memes made it cool to be shit on the internet with your content because mm. the memes get like recycled and you can see the text is all pixelated and the like where they've cut it out. Yeah, the like, pictures yeah, like yeah. copied and pasted from somewhere and it becomes like you go, oh, this is somehow better because you can't sense any artifice within it. You can't sense that there's this um, um, evidence of there being round after round of loads of production going into it, you just think, oh, this has been made by a person and now I can see it. Just, th yeah, throw away stuff, in it. It's like, yeah, yeah, just throw away are you, are you? Is 32 old to really respect meme as a uh, format? I don't know, like, I'll, you know, I'll lol at the occasional meme, but... Dude, yeah. we lolled so much. I, do you remember, it was the, I think it was like the office launch party at Scruff like a year ago. And I showed you a meme and we were falling about laughing about Which one it. What was it? Oh, you're not, you're not saying on the phone. I won't. I won't say oh, okay. it. <laughs> um, well, it wasn't that memorable, apparently. If, if I say it, then you'll die laughing again. So. <laughs> okay. um, but yeah, I think you could. Bands could learn something from that, I think. Just and, make what? Make a music video that's entirely meme? No, I, I, don't mean, I don't mean a one off content thing. I mean, like, become a sort of meme curator as like if your band just have you not noticed that um you know sainsbury's or whatever i'm will, just thinking i'm we'll just imagining you justin bieber roper dude as, that is going the, to happen. the whole marketing campaign is just memes memes of swayed elections memes yeah. save brands like me, memes are powerful in like 2019. There, I don't know. Like there are. There will, don't say it. There will be. <laughs> no, uh, well, I can't. I can't say a brand off the top of my head, but everyone is familiar with, um, you know, supermarkets responding to people's 
Um, oh, right, okay. And, and yeah, then yeah. sort of like memeing. And you, you can change your brand and make the, it seem cool. What makes a meme then? Like, because that to me is just, that's a print screen. Dude, the, the Gen Z, we were talking about before, the, yeah. the youngsters, if any of them witness these two codgers in <laughs> basically i mean to for, for the planet we are young but for like music industry we're sort of getting on a little bit now what and what is a meme what would I'm you say a, constitutes no, a, a meme I, I disagree i'm in but i'm in the golden age right now well you're a very youthful sort of guy you're like a sort of svelte guy <laughs> i'm feeling the years i'm feeling i'm catching up on me uh. um have we made a plan where we're going after this, by the way? No. We're going to get some burritos. Mmm. Mmm. Um, uh, yeah, I've had a little mind-blank moment. There was something that I was going to mention a, uh, a minute ago. I'll cut this out. It'll be seamless, pal. Yeah, right. Drink break. I've just cut so much drinking. So we need to know what we're going into. Yeah, is there... Did you want to talk about Scruff some more? Yeah, we could talk about Scruff. I feel like sometimes you've been... You talk about it and then I veer off it a little bit. I don't want to seem like yeah. I'm attempting not <laughs> to speak about Scruff. No, Scruff, like, well, that, that's how ultimately we met. Yeah. Like, eventually, we, were, we had a little Instagram bromance for when I was still freelance. Me mutual respect of each other's work. Yeah, was but that then? Did, like I always just sort of follow local people that I like the vibe of, I like the cut of the jib, and I think, oh, maybe we can end up doing something together. Yeah. Is it similar for you? Or? Yeah, yeah. And I think like, uh, well, obviously, I knew the lottery winners anyway from when we were working with them at Scruff of the Neck, and you were you're obviously good friends with them and were making their visuals. I think the first one I saw was like the one oh, where you're... Tom's going to love that. He's going to be like, I made you. You'd be nothing without working with my band. Well, so yeah, I think the first video I saw was that one where you <clears throat> had that Ed Sheeran lookalike. I don't know if that's online anymore, man. Is it not? Like literally 70% of the videos I've done for those guys, they just end up like disappearing. Which I understand because you do have to do that. Yeah. As a, if, if a video doesn't do exceptionally well, I think it's worth just yeah. considering getting rid. getting rid of it. Yeah. That was yeah, a good video, though, right? That was good. That that was a. And Ed Sheeran's like, just his stock's gone up and up and up. They should just re-release that video now, yeah, right? Yeah. That was that was a very good video. Will you yeah, you look like, down oh, that oh. camera lens and you convince <laughs> them to re-release? Don't be a twat and re-release the video. It was very Let's good. Let's start petition. Maybe it wasn't the video that did shit. It's the way that it's marketed that did shit. If you haven't targeted that at Ed Sheeran fans, you're laughing. Surely. Can you do that? Can you sponsor specifically at I have no fans idea. Of a... just, uh, <laughs> I think once fans get past a certain level, you can't target fans. But anyway, but that was a good video. And that's how we, we ended up like, Thanks, chatting man. online. I appreciate that. And then when... Um, when we, when, so I, well, talking about Scruff the Neck, so I, I told you up until the point where I left in 2015, Mark went full time. And what Mark did in the two and a half years that I was away from the company was amazing because he went full time himself. But then he, 
by the time I rejoined the company two and a half years later, there were five of us full time. So like in two and a half years, it just, you know, taken it to my, my, my ex-girlfriend once called Scruffle Neck a hobby and I really resented her for it. <laughs> like this is going back like eight years ago or something like that. Um, I remember saying like hobby, like, but at the time it, it kind of was, we started paying ourselves one day a week eventually after like four years as yeah. I said but then you know it is a passion project Mark and I played in bands for years and is it odd for you that I came in at a point where it was already fully formed and seemed well, to be this huge entity I think that's it and I think like it's weird because as I say I've been back at Scruff nearly two years now and when I rejoined the were five of us and now there are like 16 of us and plus all of like the people like yourself that are kind of part of a, a wider freelance team as well. So there's like, you know, 20 odd of us or something, including all of the reps that are in different cities for live yeah. shows. So it's, yeah, it's massive. And I think, yeah, in, in a way it's kind of weird to, to think that this was something that was a, a pub gig that a few years back and yeah. was called a hobby and was something that we just did around our really, really rubbish jobs. Do you know, I still don't know the reason that it's called Scruff of the Neck. Is that a, a safe Well, again, guarded? so I'd, obviously Mark, um, so Mark's my cousin and we would grown up as one of my best mates as well because we're so close in age, we're like a year apart. Um, so he started it, he was living in a pub called the Rampant Lion, just outside of town, uh, when he was a student and he was living above it with some mates. And so he started it in, in that pub and I still don't know fully. You but, don't know? No, it wasn't. It was actually one of our friends that came up with it. And that I think I think the other name that was in contention was Scraping the Barrel. Oh. <laughs> like, Dodged a so, bullet there. So, like, that's not... It's not got the economies of scale that Scruff the Neck does. Like, when you start off as a pub gig called Scraping the Barrel, it's kind of like, ha-ha. Yeah. <laughs> where we are now where there's like eight divisions and like this big team and you know we're doing stuff like all over the globe next year like yeah, yeah being so called scraping the barrel wouldn't have quite had the same like i think it's <laughs> scraping the barrel's funny at the lowest possible level yeah, yeah. and then it's funny at the highest possible level <laughs> like if you've got an absolute monopoly on the Can planet you imagine like though you're trying to sign this really good band and it's like yeah c come join Scrape in the barrel. Like. Well, that's what I have now. Like, do you want to come and join me in pre pretend pretend friendship? Like it was pointed out to me in an episode the other day, and now I'm just gutted that. Uh, no, I'm not gutted. I'm glad. I like the name. Yeah. It's definitely staying either way. So I'm just gonna cognitive dissonance. Do you know that concept? No. It's like uh, convincing yourself of something so that to sort of save yourself a headache. <laughs> Like every, everyone uses it, but that's that's the term that describes that's it. That's the official name. Cognitive yeah, but dissonance. see, we've we've touched upon this before because I actually I love the pretendship brand as it's as it's become. Oh, you do? Yeah, man. Okay. Yeah, it's cool. It works on two levels, right? And that's, it that's does. <laughs> yeah, but like I was saying before, like pretendship. It's It's not about pretend friendships. It's a. It's about. How friendships... Oh, right, you don't have to pretend no, no, it's good going, just because no, you're on the podcast. No, it is. It's um, like, uh, I think the the fact that there's 
this podcast is just about getting together with people that you're friends with and from all walks and careers and different ways that we've met. Again, like we met through through Instagram. Yeah. The way that we forged our relationship. Do is, you want do you want your Instagram handle? I give everyone a little like Yeah, if I go up. like It'll be on screen now. <laughs> no, actually I think in uh in the first episode, um Breezy. Do you know Jay Breeze from Rivet City? Like oh, I think yeah, they've done yeah. some gigs for Scruff before. Um I think at one point he goes like and I, I just didn't put it. <laughs> I just didn't put it. So yeah, you're not, you're not having like credit yeah. there. Um, I can't remember where, where we're going with that. Um, oh yeah, but generally jumping back, we're going. I think all I was over trying the place, to get off we? you talking about the name pretension. Oh okay. Oh yeah. Well, jumping back a step, like um, we were talking about scruff the neck generally, and like it's um, the the last two years that I've been back, we've like when you came on board we'd, we'd so essentially when I came back we set up a creative team mm-hmm. which was me and we were essentially starting we were doing the same thing we were making visuals for artists that we were working with um, and that kind of grew and grew and we took on an editor um, and then we started working together so when, when it was like oh, I need I need somebody else to come in who's got a, a kind of slightly different creative vision that he's doing good work, then I already was like, I know this guy, Shaolin Pete. Oh, right. And I was like, and we'd never actually met in person. So do you yeah, remember, I was like, do you want to come for a beer and like see the office and chat? And then you started working with us. Yeah, yeah. And I hadn't realised that it was to do with how, um, how be, because of the fact that our styles differed yeah, by yeah, so much. Yeah, yeah, because I, I think like, it, it got to the point where it's like, there there's a lot of, people that wanted to work with us creatively but you know again especially when you're the only person that is working as a director or working on concepts and and treatments is is that again it's a very I, I, I still think the video making process is 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 kind of personal if you're doing stuff like narrative or even just a mood if if like if you are going through a really like bad time personally then I think that reflects in the kind of work that you make. Yeah, how crazy is that? Then? And it's, it, and it's the same. Like if you're really happy, like the the tone of, of your work, or if you are listening to a song. Are you saying that you were too depressed and you had to get someone in that was a bit more <laughs> no, manic? No, no, no. But what I'm saying is, like, I think that inevitably, right? If you are, if it's not about being depressed. It's about. <laughs> If, if I'm I, definitely not depressed. If, if, <laughs> no, if all right, I'm completely elated and I'm making all this really shiny, happy, sparkly work. You need the balance. Then, then I am I'm I'm going in a direction where if if I'm working on four projects simultaneously, that they are going to have similarities, uh, not like really obvious. Yeah, because there's so much of your but, personality. But, yeah, yeah, because then. ultimately they are all going to be in a happy theme because I am feeling really content and yeah. happy in my life whereas I think that's one element of it but I think again like you were talking about your style before like there's kind of like this analog VHS and the way that you edit is slightly I'm very a lot of the time very to the beat and following the instrumentation whereas you make a very um a, a very thought out 
choice to kind of not do that. We've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. And so we've got very different creative styles, both in concept and edit. And so by you coming on, it meant that we that we were able to go, okay, we've got this song, these are the kind of references and the things that they like, and then it's like, is this a boot? Yeah, or, instead or of a doubling peep? up on what we had in the arsenal, we just like expanded yeah, the Yeah, it's like, it's like, is this a boon or a peat project? And then as well as that, there was also the, oh yeah, yeah, this might be a peat concept, but then I shoot it, and then we end up with this like little... Yeah, that was crazy, like going back to, I mean, Kashmir are getting so much shine in this episode. <laughs> but that Codeine one, I, I, I don't know if, because we were still working out how the team worked together and like, I wasn't sure like the protocols weren't in place yet. Um, so I think I'd imagined that I'd sh was going to shoot it and then... Well, I think the idea was that you would be there directing and I'd be shooting yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, but essentially what we did was we made a shot list together. Yeah. So you kind of told me what to do. Yeah, so that, that, but I was really interested when, it, when I saw the footage and, and it came to the edit because I was thinking, oh, this is Boone sort of shooting in a style that I've prescribed yeah, to him. Yeah, well, the, the, that, that was really interesting because at the time, again, when, when it was just me, I would shoot the way that I shoot. Whereas, like, you, we were looking at videos and you were going, yeah. I like stuff where like you're rolling the camera and it's the end of a shot and you kind of drop the camera a little bit and yeah you made me think about like the beauty in like really shit oh. <laughs> yeah it's good and I, again you were like yeah loads of like zoom in and then zoom out and I was like oh this is like because mine historically I think is I like, remember saying you can't do it enough there's no too much yeah yeah you could just be like well the, the thing is for me is like I, I'd always wanted to the kind of the kind of video style and shoot style that I like is like the cinematography, like, um, yeah, like slow motion, like yeah. slow everything down, shoot everything in 50 frames and probably slow Juicy, it down. Juicy, classy, yeah. sort of. Stick it on a gimbal, very clean cut cinematic kind of stuff. And that was what I was aspiring to, I, to And do. I really appreciate that as well. I'm literally just doing the easier thing. That's <laughs> just that, more difficult to it's, execute. It's not, I think... Again, like, and again, I think this is why like us working together has been really beneficial because it it was really cool, especially for that that um, codeine video because it was like you got me thinking about shooting in a slightly different way, um, and I think that's kind of rubbed off on on each other, and we've we've created some work that I'm really really proud of. Yeah, man. I'm not even going to post this. I just wanted to get you around and get all these compliments. <laughs> yeah. off you. Just cut them out and stick them out. It's nuts that that. It, the very reason that I was taken on um, to work at, with Scruff was because of how dissimilar our styles are because I had felt, at least for a, a few weeks, a little bit like, oh, do I need, I think I need to come more towards where you're at. Like, I felt no, in, I inadequate with how different my style was to really? what Scruff had been doing. No, I thought, no. I think, again, I, I think there were even projects now we were chatting before this weren't we and there are projects going into next year 2020 is going to be a massive year for us with the amount of artists that we're working with <clears throat> not just working with but working with on campaigns that's that span the year um you know that there, there's a lot of creative direction for those artists there's a lot of video content that's going to be going out next year 
like a like, hell of a lot of video content and um, and the importance of that variation and just being able to bat, bat ideas off each other I think is really important. Like getting in a room and actually going, this is what I've I've come up with and then someone else going, but I would approach it this way. Like I think that's really, really important. I agree with that. I agree with it. But... No, I was just thinking, right. <laughs> I just feel like that is a real nice end to a conversation. All right. I yeah. feel like we just covered the topic. All right, okay. Shall we, Shall we wrap it up? <laughs> we can't do how long Well, I don't know. Over an hour for sure. Okay. Yeah, it flies by. But we have plans to go on. A, we have a mandate for a mandate. Yeah. Don't we? <laughs> yeah. And all these compliments I... have got me, yeah. <laughs> got my balls wet as an otter's pocket. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> this is one thing to be said, right? You, as a creative mind, are an absolute genius. And I love working with you. You, in an office environment, you are not. You're not built for the. the no, no. <laughs> if I was in a sort of bigger think, office, HR would have. I think you. I think you've used the wet as an otter's pocket uh, analogy oh, it, in front of multiple members of staff before. I shouldn't be laughing about this, uh, but yeah. A fine art student appreciates my uh, my choice of language, so I'm going to count it as a oh, solid yeah. victory. Well. Why was a fine art student? It sounds like you've uh, got a, a, you know, preconception of what that should be. Is it? Well, it's definitely not just not a fine art student. You know what I mean? That's someone who's. Fi you don't do fine art at high school, so it's definitely someone who's had further education. Mm. Is that what they call it? Further education. It's further and higher, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't do. I obviously did not do uni, so I don't know what it's called. Fine art, it just sounds, it sounds like oil painting and sculpture. Well, it was called visual arts when I was there, but it's since that been re- sound it's cool, since been, it? I know people think that I'd studied something to do with video because it says visual art. Yeah, that sounds like you do the backing videos for like DJs to play in front of. Yeah, it does a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Fine art sounds like you went out into the street with like clay on your face and danced <laughs> to represent... <laughs> Uh, you know, disconnection in China or something. I don't know. We're rambling now. Let's get let's get <laughs> yeah, out of this video, man. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for the uh, let's go and tasty get some, beverages. Let's get some burgers or something. Yeah, veggie burgers though. Yeah, not because of me though. I'm going record. Meat, fine with Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Meat with Pete. Right. Yeah. Thanks for having me.